Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S. based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you, when you sit back and you look at what makes a successful organization besides wins and losses, it's the people that you have. It's, it's whether or not they can... Uh, put their egos down. It's whether or not they can uh, look at situations, self-reflect, admit to their mistakes, and try to find learnings from not just their mistakes, but their successes that they've had and build off of those. Has it happened as fast as we'd like it to? No, it hasn't. Um, That's why we're sitting here now saying we do trust Ryan and Matt, but we need to see improvement. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. You see about the bears? Uh, we shut them down that way. No, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, let's, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, they're what we thought they were. The Bears are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. This is the Full Press Bears Podcast, a part of Full Press Coverage. Here's your host. And die-hard Chicago Bears fan, Kyle George. You are ridiculous. Get ready to bear down. Thank you, thank you, and go Bears! 
thank you so much for those wise words of wisdom, Ted. Thank you very much. Um, oh, boy. Uh, you know, the Bears are who we thought they were, uh, and we let them off the hook. Has an entirely new meaning now as a Bears fan, and uh, let's just say that we're going to get into it. <laughs> we have a big press conference to talk about, an infamous press conference to talk about, we have a preview for Rams Packers since we are all Rams fans this weekend. Uh, we have Alexis Craft downtown Rams. Uh, we have a very full episode, so please uh, strap in and get ready to go. As always, I'm your host Kyle George, and on this podcast we talk about Da Bears all Da time. Although sometimes we talk about the Rams because the Rams are playing the Packers and we're obviously cheering for the Rams to beat the Packers, uh, but most of the time it's about the Bears. You can follow me on Twitter at FuriousGeorge94 and find me every Tuesday on the Frustration Nation podcast, which is on the Shoot Your Shot Sports Network. Please give us a follow there at RealFNPodcast and at ShootYourShotSP on Twitter. For more bear news on the Bears, follow our news coverage and articles at Full Press Bears. Email me at FullPressBears at gmail.com. Call and leave a voicemail at 847-580-3528, and it could be featured on the show. I'd love to hear from you, so go on your favorite podcast service and leave a review. Uh, Be nice, be cruel, be smart, be stupid, just like uh, certain individuals in that press conference. I really don't care. I just like the feedback because unlike other people in that press conference, I will actually take the feedback, I will reflect on it, and I will improve myself upon it this podcast as always can be heard on any of your popular podcast platforms like apple spotify google podcasts etc or more simply go to fullpresscoverage.com or download the full press coverage app to find this podcast among many other great ones there all right um man that was uh some post-season press conference we got the other day um just wow uh not even i don't even know entirely what to say um there there's just a lot to unpack a lot of as uh as our little clip from billy madison said insanely idiotic things that were said um it's just it's embarrassing guys it's just when you go back and you listen to that press conference it is i have never felt so insulted as a bears fan um so much of that press conference felt like our bears leadership telling us the fans that it doesn't matter what they do and it doesn't matter how well they play it doesn't matter who they have on the team or who's running the team and none of that matters because we are loyal fans and it hurts it's taking our loyalty for granted and it doesn't feel good and uh, to make matters even worse, uh, I'm recording this here on Thursday, January 14th. 
To make it even worse, George McCaskey made some appearances on Chicago radio today to try to clear the air on some things. Uh, but I listened to both interviews, and he basically just doubled down on everything he already said and that Ted Phillips already said in the press conference from the day before. Uh, just a, 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 When you look at all the different ways this press conference could have gone, this was the worst possible way uh, ever. And it's amazing because this is a Bears team that, you know, they're the charter franchise in the NFL. Everybody, like, looks at the Bears in with a general sense of respect. Uh, but it's becoming more apparent that this respect comes out of a place of historical achievement than it does anything modern that they are doing. Because in our current state, the Bears are an embarrassment. They're a total and complete embarrassment, and there's no apparently no accountability. And we're going to get into this. I have some uh, tweets that I put out. I have some quotes I want to get to. Um, but man, I just I, I I felt I felt violated. <laughs> like you know, y- hey hey, you, you love the Bears. You know, you you like. If you look at my Twitter photo right now, it's a kind of a picture of me dressed as a super fan. I've got the whole the mustache and the sweater and everything. Like, yeah, I love the Bears. I do. And because of that, they're just like, okay, well, then you're going to watch us no matter how good or bad we are. And it's just it just sucks. It just sucks. And to make this whole thing kind of started on Tuesday night because on Tuesday night there was a report, a rumor that uh, coming out of Hallis Hall, after 48 hours of total silence, there was rumors coming out that Pace and Nagy were, would retain their jobs. Um, many people were, I think, starting to accept the fact that Nagy would be back again, but a lot of people were assuming that Ryan Pace would either be in a different position within the organization or be removed as GM at uh, totally. The, then the next assumption a lot of people were putting together was that, oh, well, perhaps Ted Phillips will retire because there was a rumor back in, I want to say, early December or late November. Uh, Dave Kaplan reported that he had heard that Ted Phillips was going to retire at the conclusion of this season. So a lot of people said, oh, okay, well, you know, what what could happen is Pace takes over Ted Phillips spot. And so at least we get the wish of not having Ryan Pace as the GM. Um, and Ted Phillips who has been with the organization in this capacity as the president and CEO of the teams in 1999. Um, he'll be finally out after years of failure. Um, but it has not gone. It, it did not go that way. And it, it, it really hurt. <laughs> Uh, George McCaskey, the chairman, starts the uh, press conference by kind of addressing things regarding the pandemic, um, talking about missing fans, talking about people that work for the Bears and just all the different aspects. And it honestly was an honorable way to start his time on this press conference. But the next thing he said was lauding Ted Phillips for being, quote, extraordinary at his leadership through this pandemic now ted phillips undoubtedly is a brilliant businessman 
And undoubtedly, that's how he is where he is today. But it has been noted by many, including like him himself, that he is not a football mind. This is an issue that was brought up a lot throughout this press conference and part of why it's so frustrating for Bears fans to hear him still as the president. A lot of people were hoping that maybe soon we could get a split between a like a president of the team and then a president of football operations because it would probably make more sense to have a football guy at the top. Um but George started off by affirming Ted Phillips as the present CEO, saying his family loves him, basically. And, um, yeah, so immediately it struck a, a wrong chord with Bears fans. And that's where it started. Um, they noted early on that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have not been offered extensions um, which I suppose is our silver lining from this press conference. Um, however, I have some more um, contract-related things to bring up a little later in our discussion here. Um, so, a lot of there, there was just a lot of poor, poorly said things. Um, I, I'm not sure if they meant for things to come off in the ways they did. Perhaps their intentions are better than we're giving them credit for. Uh, but it was still um, really poorly said and really poorly thought out. And for an organization that is as wealthy as they are, you would have thought that running this presentation uh, by people who are undoubtedly experts at PR would have been able to give them some advice and say, yeah, no, this is probably not going to go over well. Um, but instead they, you know, they have this press conference that immediately Twitter erupts. Um, Bears fans are upset. And, uh, I, I tend to disagree with something that I've seen going around on Twitter, which is some people saying, calm down. This is only, a, a fringe Bears fan base that's upset about this. Most people didn't even know there was a press conference today, yada, yada, yada. And I I guess I understand where you're coming from with that, but I disagree because there are plenty of Bears fans, friends, and family of mine that did not watch this press conference, but ha- when they heard that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy were retained and that basically there was no change, were upset by this. Um, so... I think just all around, this is a bad look for the Bears. Um, so he, I want to go over a few of the quotes that really stuck out to me. And this it's the same quotes. If you've been listening to other Bears podcasts or Chicago radio, you've been hearing a lot of these things talked about. Um, but the first one, uh, Ted Phillips and George McCaskey were very quick to point out as elements of their team's success and elements of their faith in Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, um, the probably their largest element and their most significant element of why they trust those um, Pace is the GM and Nagy is the coach is because they made it through a six-game losing streak. Now, 
I understand what you're trying to say. What you're trying to say is that when you experience a six-game losing streak, many teams would just pack it in and call it a season, but the Bears made a season of it still, made a fight, and did make the playoffs. And I understand that perspective of it. But when you look at it, really, you got to think about these things, Ted and George. The Bears, first of all, a six-game losing streak in an NFL season at any point is unacceptable. Second of all, you won three games um, by – you stopped the bleeding by winning, have, going on a three-game winning streak against three bad teams. And then you lost to the Packers in embarrassing fashion in Week 16, and then you got – blown out by or you, got, you lost an embarrassing fashion to the saints in the playoff game um you finish the season with an eight and nine record when you include the playoff game therefore it's a sub 500 season it's just it, it wasn't good also why did it have why did it have to be a six game losing streak to show that they could stick together through adversity Oh, by the way, as you already mentioned, George and Ted, there was a pandemic raging this year. Wouldn't that be adversity in and in itself enough? Oh, oh no. Okay, I understand. So we have to have a significant a losing streak, a losing streak almost the length of an in, the half of the season, in order to evaluate our team and how they're willing to step up and make it through these challenging times. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. It, it is not at all what this is about. And the the everybody took this really poorly, the way it was said. And as you can see by the way I'm even saying it, like basically what you're saying is that this six-game losing streak was important. It was good for your team. Uh, that because that because Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace were the leaders throughout this six-game losing streak. You have more faith in them, not less, because they led you out of it. Well, you know what? The Jets were on a 13-game losing streak this year before they won two games in a row. And I know 13 is a lot more than six, but the point still stands that it's basically the same kind of scenario. And I think most people would agree that even when, though the Bears started 5-1, and one, there were several, a lot of times throughout that, that we didn't feel, I would say, confident in the team. Uh, we felt mostly confident in the defense at the time, but the offense was just more of the same, just awful. <laughs> and now... We are retaining this coach responsible for this offensive output because he is an offensive coach. And we're retaining the GM who is responsible for the personnel on this team with the dismal offense. And here here we go. It's just this six-game losing streak thing as a good thing. It's a, it's a clever spin zone. George and Ted and Ryan and Matt, but it's not exactly what I'd say is uh, is something to be proud of. It's frankly hardly 
it, it's frankly hard to even be proud of making the playoffs as the seventh seed after losing embarrassingly in week 17. Okay, I want to keep moving on some other quotes here. Ted Phillips also and George, they both emphasized a lot that, quote-unquote, we have the football culture that all teams strive for. Ted Phillips said that in his opening statement. And you heard the beginning of this episode, an issue I had, or I, an issue I had with it in the sense that I made fun of it. Um, but he, he addresses that. He says that their their culture is important. Well, Ted, I have news for you. I don't know if you watch these Bears games at all or if you're just the businessman, but uh, on Sunday against the Saints, the Bears uh, wide receiver Anthony Miller uh, swung at C.J. Gardner-Johnson after it was explained a 15-minute gap in practice where it was specifically pointed out to all the players watching tape to not get involved with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And and still, no matter what, Anthony Miller still gets involved with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And a lot of people have attributed this as this long, uh, long-lasting effect from not um, penalizing Javon Wims from earlier in the season for the exact same offense. Uh, If you recall, Wims got uh, suspended by the league so he was disciplined by the league but not by the bears themselves anthony miller goes on and does this javon wims drops the biggest pass of the game and here you have an embarrassing bears loss to further bring up why this whole thing about the football culture is an embarrassing statement and absolutely incorrect is after the game mitchell trubisky noted that they need to improve their culture. He said the word culture, and he said it needs to be imp- improved as a winning culture. So you have the quarterback of your team acknowledging that the winning culture is not where it needs to be. You have, from that same game, one a wide receiver that you traded up for into the second round getting ejected from the game when you were already down your your one of your best wide receivers because he punched a dude after being told explicitly not to meanwhile the other dude that got away with punching cj gardner johnson from earlier in the season drops the biggest pass in the game and walks it off like nothing happened It, it is absolutely abhorrent for you to say that the football culture is what all teams strive for because that is absolutely unequivocally wrong. You may have some great people involved in the organization and I have news for you. Most people have good people in the organization because if they weren't good people, they probably wouldn't have the job. But people oppose, you know, going against what Ted said, people is not what this organization needs to be about it needs to be about winning it has to be okay i'm gonna keep moving on here um let me see where i wanted to go with this next okay george mccaskey said all four of us mccaskey phillips pace and aggie will know whether there's been sufficient improvement or sufficient progress to continue past 2021 
Oh, okay, cool. So basically you're just saying they have a whole nother year to figure everything out. Um, and it sounds almost like an ultimatum. Now, the problem with this whole ultimatum is that an ultimatum is a bad place to put your GM and to put your team. Because now you're telling Ryan Pace messed up the quarterback position. That's obvious to everybody. Who knows if Trubisky will be back? Foles will be back because of his contract. Who are we going to get a better quarterback? I'm not sure, but you leave him no choice but to get a good quarterback, which is fine. I want a good quarterback as a Bears fan, but that means for Ryan Pace giving up a ton to get a quarterback because the Bears are picking 20th. All the good quarterbacks are going to go in the top five or six being Wilson and Fields and Lawrence. Okay. So if you really consider Trey Lance or Mac Jones or Kyle Trask a a good quarterback that you want to have on your team, which I would say is very up in the air, then you're looking at acquiring a quarterback, which means your Matt Ryans and Matt Staffords and Deshaun Watsons are who you're going to need to uh, target. Well, to make that to make that matter worse. Um, Every the entire league, because they know you have an ultimatum for 2021, the entire league now knows that you are desperate. And now you will give up way more for any quarterback than any other team will because they know that you are desperate. They know that this is the only way to save your job. And that is why making him a giving him this ultimatum of 2021 or bust is not a wise move for a GM. And if you anticipate it not to work, then why, why have you just not fired him? <laughs> like it's, it's a horrible decision. And I know you, there's a lot of reasons you can point to keeping pace, but there's a lot of reasons also to point to not keeping him and, it's just frustrating that after his failures in the draft, especially high up in the draft, especially quarterback, because a lot of people say, well, he only drafted one quarterback. Well, first of all, it's part of the issue because he said he was going to draft a quarterback every year. Hasn't done that. He's drafted exactly one quarterback, and that was Mitchell Trubisky. Then he acqu- then he acquired Mike Lennon. He acquired Chase Daniel, Nick Foles. That's it. Those are the quarterbacks. Oh, and Mark Sanchez. Woo! Okay, those are the quarterbacks that you got. So you tell me, Bears fans, if you're a big pace supporter, if there's any of you out there, how can you say that you're comfortable with him selecting quarterback when not a single one of his quarterback selections turned out well? It seems like a major oversight to me. Keep going through some of these ridiculous quotes. Ted Phillips said, this is an actual quotation from him. Have we got the quarterback right? No. Have we won enough games? No. But everything else is there. I'm sorry, what? So the two most important things in football, the quarterback and winning enough games, you don't have. But everything else is there. What does that mean, by the way? Everything else is there. 
Because last time I checked, the Bears don't have a good offensive line. They have an aging defense, and they have a wide receiver, a star wide receiver that's planning on leaving, it sounds like, which I didn't even get to talk about on podcast this week. But Allen Robinson has basically been hinting at that he's gone. Uh, been saying we've had 365 days to make a deal and nothing's happened yet. It's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, how, how can you... How can you say that? And that goes, that remind. I mean, I'm going to go past some of these quotes. I'll come back to them in a minute. But that goes to something that I, I had quoted at the beginning of this, um, this very episode where I purposefully had uh, kind of the goofy music playing in the background to show you how goofy this is. So the question was, Ted, you just said you feel like you guys have the exact right football culture that all teams strive for when is that culture going to win football games why do you feel like this culture is enviable and his answer was because when you sit back and you look at what makes a successful organization besides wins and losses it's the people that you have it's whether or not they can put their egos down it's whether or not they can look at situations self-reflect admit to their mistakes and try to find learnings from not just their mistakes, but the successes that they've had and build off of those. Has it happened as fast as we'd like it to? No, it hasn't. That's why we're sitting here now saying we do trust Ryan and Matt. Okay, so this whole conversation of everything else is there. Not only is the players on offensive line, wide receiver, defense that I already mentioned not there, as well as the quarterback, but now also you're saying that all the people are there well in this answer here first of all you're telling me that besides wins and losses no no organization is besides wins and losses in sports every sports organization should only ever be about wins and losses that's the purpose of that company okay the purpose of that company the good you provide the ultimate goal is to win the super bowl it is not just the people it is not furthermore he says if they can put their egos down if they can self-reflect look at situations admit to their mistakes try to find learnings from not just their mistakes but their successes and build off of those has it happened as fast as we'd like it to no it hasn't why because in Ryan Pace's press conference with Matt Nagy as well, Ryan Pace was asked point blank about his evaluation of Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes and the error in his ways. And he, instead of answering it, totally brushed it aside and moved on past it. And that right there is the inability to do right here what Ted is saying they are good at. He is saying they have good people that put their egos down, admit to their mistakes, and move past them and learn from them. And Ryan Pace is sitting over here wallowing in this pick of Mitchell Trubisky, acting like he's confident that it was a good pick, and not being willing to ever admit what he did wrong. And that is the problem. I don't think anyone would have a problem with Ryan Pace if a year or two ago, well, more like a year ago, he would have said, it looks like our evaluation of the quarterbacks in 2017 was wrong. But he has yet to fess up to that. And I'm sure he's a good guy. Like I said, 
you would have you wouldn't have bad people running your organization but the fact that he's not willing to admit this mistake and this is a costly mistake you gave up valuable draft assets for a quarterback that is going to be the worst of that draft class you can't it is a monumental mistake in the history of the bears it will long for long go down as a the most infamous draft blunder ever passing up on not one but two potentially hall of fame quarterbacks one being pat mahomes that could be on the track he's on the best quarterback of all time and you passed on him and you're not willing to admit it but ted phillips ends that statement with that's why we're sitting here now saying we do trust ryan and matt so after all that evidence that i just laid out you're saying you still trust them cool got it wonderful beautiful awesome so it's just absolutely disturbing um just their handling of this press conference the words they said um the it just was it was just appalling um so uh the last thing i really want to touch on in terms of comments from the press conference before i do want to get a little bit to the interviews i heard on the chicago radio today and then i have an interview with alexis Kraft to talk about the rams packers game um just one final thing that really infuriated me was this whole discussion about contracts um they were ted phillips and george mccaskey were asked in their press conference about the length of contracts for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy because uh, Ryan Pace in 2018, I believe it was, signed a three-year extension and Matt Nagy in 2018 signed a five-year extension, I want to say, something like that. And that was the last we heard of it. But since then, there's been a lot of rumblings that there's been other extensions or other contract talks, but it's been very mysterious the way they've handled it and so somebody you know the one reporter wanted to clear the air like let's hear like tell us what is your like what is the length of these contracts um we just want to know and in the end what they ended up saying was that oh no we're not we're we're not going to discuss that right now because that doesn't have to deal that's not pertinent was the word Ted used. That's not pertinent to our football discussion. Uh, yeah, it is because it's the contract of your head coach and GM. It's not the contract that you have drawn up with your cleaning service or your nanny or anything like that. It is the contract of the GM of your football team who makes all of the football decisions and the GM or and your head coach who literally works with the team every single day. So then Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are asked the same question about the length of their contracts. And Ryan Pace cites competitive advantage as the reason to not discuss his contract. What does that even mean? And in what world and in what scenario, in what context is your is discussing the length of your contract a competitive disadvantage 
maybe just maybe for future jobs that could open up in the future but is that really that big of a deal especially if your job is secure for the time being it's just ridiculous it is absolutely ridiculous and here's my concern and i tweeted this out that my concern is that there's there's some big secret about this their contracts that they're not telling us some big secret some new news that we have not been informed of that is would really shatter our hearts um i wouldn't be surprised if there's an extension of some sort i don't know there's all sorts of things that just rub you the wrong way and when you're whether there is an extension or not you know they said there wasn't an extension whether they're lying or not the fact of the matter is when you hide like when you hide behind it like that when you choose not to talk about it you immediately invite more speculation to that whole conversation it's really it's it's dumb because now all across the city people are um probably thinking of different conspiracy theories as to why they would not share their contract information it's just such an odd thing to hold so close uh to your chest i i just don't get it i don't get it so that was really frustrating as well okay let me move on to talking a little bit about the discussions that were had on the interviews today on Chicago radio. So, uh, George McCaskey went on, um, the Danny Parkins show on 670 the score and Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. And he basically had identical interviews with, with both of them. Um, not because they didn't ask good questions, but because, uh, George McCaskey is a robot. Um, but this was a quote I pulled from his interview with uh, the Danny Parkins show. He said, regarding the contracts of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, he said, George Mc- uh, he said, if all goes well next year, the contracts will work them out themselves. Let me say that again. If all goes well this year, contracts will work out themselves. That is a huge red flag to me. He's not saying that he didn't say in general the contracts will work out themselves. He said if it goes well this year. So what I'm hearing is that you are what I what I'm hearing is an extension. Because if it if it only if the contracts work out themselves only if it goes well, then if it goes wrong, you're saying the contracts don't work out themselves. So, in other words, you've already extended them, and it will make sense because this year will be good, but if it's not good, then you're kind of screwed. It's just, yeah, it, it just rubs me the wrong way. Um, I had some conversation with someone on Twitter, and they had said something else I thought was interesting. George objected to Parkins' use of lame duck to describe pace because a lame duck is has a some certain end date so should pace or he said what so should pace unless you're telling me it's an open-ended contract exactly right that kind of supports this whole idea that maybe there's already an extension in place that they're not wanting to talk us to know about and then i said add that to his comments 
on both the Parkins show and Waddle and Sylvie that he and Ted are not involved in football decisions and that Ryan Pace is their quote-unquote football guy. So in other words, there's no accountability because the GM is the football guy and the GM evaluates if he's doing a good job or not. And so how in the world will Ted and George ever come to a spot where they feel comfortable firing their quote-unquote football guy? It doesn't make sense. There's something fishy about all of this that I don't feel good about. And it makes me really concerned and really angry about everything um, with the way the Bears are run. Now, all that to say, if I have to put any type of positive spin on what this means for the Bears. It means they're going to make a big splash. They have to. They have to win to keep their jobs. So my one hope is that we do get a good quarterback out of this. And as ridiculous as this press conference was, maybe, just maybe, it's enough that we get a good quarterback and we can look back on this and laugh i don't think so i think we're gonna end up with someone like a philip rivers who's like fine a placeholder for a year that maybe elevates us a little bit probably elevates naggy and pace enough to save their jobs and put us out of spot for a good draft pick but you're not going to win anything with a quarterback like that so here's hoping that the Bears are able to get someone like Deshaun Watson or are able to trade up and get a good quarterback in the draft. We just got to hope at this point because I don't really see any other positivity coming out of this team right now. And I, it's hard as the host of a Bears show because it's I, I'm usually an optimist. And it is just absolutely infuriating the way – they have taken advantage of us, the fans. So uh, we're going to take a wow. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will have our interview with Alexis Kraft of Downtown Rams to talk about the Rams Packers game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Bears fans. Well, this week, uh, there's no Bears football, but the next best thing we have to Bears football is L.A. Rams football because they're facing the Green Bay Packers, as I'm sure many of you know. And since I don't know much about the Rams, I figured I'd have uh, 
a guest from earlier on this season, Alexis Kraft of Downtown Rams, come on help us uh, know what to expect about this Rams game and do they have a chance to knock off our hated rival, the Packers. So, Alexis, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Yes, thank you so much for having me. So the Rams game last week, a very impressive and gutsy win against the Seahawks. And I, my, my main thought from that game was, man, it was a bloodbath in terms of injuries. I felt like every time I looked up from my phone or whatever I was doing, another Rams player was headed to the sideline or the locker room. So what is the update with that? Who's all expected to play uh, this week? So everyone except for John Wolford is expected to be back for the game, which is uh, really big for us. And the big, biggest name there is obviously Aaron Donald because he got injured in the game against the Seahawks. Uh, he sustained a rib injury and we weren't really sure what was going to happen. We weren't really sure, um, you know, even what the specifics of the injury uh, was. And it just turns out he's got, uh, you know, we're in some cartilage there. So obviously he's in pain, but he is good to go. Uh, which is music to our ears. Cooper Cup is going to be good to go as well. Um, and, and everyone else, you know, Wolford was our backup quarterback who turned into our starting quarterback, but then got hurt right away. So Jared Goff, who's typically our starter, went in with a broken thumb, um, but he managed to pull it out. And yeah, so so Jared Goff will be starting, um, but everyone else will be back and, and healthy, which is good news for us. So with Aaron Donald, he's obviously... I would say one of the two big names on the Rams defense uh, since you mentioned, so is it officially what a bruised rib or what did you say it was? So I haven't seen, I just heard this, but supposedly, and I could pull it up here on my phone, but I think he, he, I want to say it was a cartilage. Let's see here. It was, I can't even find it. Someone just sent it to me and I can't remember who did. But I, I want to say it was a cartilage injury, like rib cartilage, so okay. I guess bruise. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. This, okay. So with that, um, since he still is ailing with that but still playing, do you think that will hamper his ability at all to get after Rodgers? Because, I mean, I know he's a monster, uh, Donald is, but will that hamper his ability or do you think he'll be able to play it to his normal level? I think that as long as he's out there, he'll do what he normally does. I don't know if they're going to put him on a snap count. I don't know if McVay's going to hold him back at all. But, you know, I think as, as long as he's out there, you know, he's going to go 110%, I have no doubt. So um, I, if I were Aaron Rodgers, I would still be very afraid. <laughs> Good. That's the way I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the other big name on the defense, at least I guess from the outsider's point of view, is Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And I want nothing. I want to see nothing more than Jalen Ramsey shut down Devonte Adams. And I saw a stat earlier this week that the Packers with Devonte Adams are one in seven against something like top three corners or something along those lines. Which obviously Jalen Ramsey falls within that category. So. Do you think he will be able to shut Devonte Adams down, and how do you expect he would go about that? So, I, in in my opinion, um, Devonte Adams is the best wide receiver in the game, and Jalen Ramsey is the best corner in the game. 
Um, there's not a doubt in my mind that both of those things are, are true. So I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup. I think it's going to be intense. However, based on what we've seen so far this season with Jalen Ramsey, when you see him go against DK Metcalf, for example, with the Seahawks, Russell Wilson doesn't even look DK's way. Hmm. When he is going against DeAndre Hopkins with the Cardinals, Kyler Murray didn't even really look DeAndre Hopkins way. And my inclination is when he goes to Green Bay and he faces Devontae Adams, because of the faith that we've seen Aaron Rodgers has in Devontae Adams, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say they're probably the most cohesive quarterback wide receiver unit in the league. I think that he's going to target Devontae more than, say, Russell targeted DK or uh, Kyler targeted DeAndre, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's going to be as often as usual. I think that Aaron is going to be forced to have to target, um, you know, uh, Marquez Valdez Scanling or uh, Alan Lazard or, or um, my memory right now I'm not thinking of Robert other. Tanyan, Robert Tanyan. Is the tight end, yeah yeah he's I think he's gonna have to look at them more than he would typically because I do think that you know Ramsey is going to to cover Devonte Adams better than any other corner has covered him so far this season so I think it's going to be interesting I think it's it's going to be a real battle and in my opinion that's the matchup of the game. I 100% agree with you. And with that, I see, I, I foresee the Packers doing anything they can to get Adams to line up in the slot or on the other end of the field um, away from Ramsey at any point possible. Um, so is the rest of the Rams secondary, are they also pretty decent? I don't know the names on their secondary. Are they in a place where they'd be able to hold their own against Devontae Adams? You know, I think so. So, you know, we have two other two other primary corners. Um, we have Darius Williams and Troy Hill. And okay. both of them have had phenomenal seasons. And part of the reason that I think they've had phenomenal seasons is because uh, quarterbacks, because they aren't targeting uh, whoever Jalen Ramsey's on, they're targeting the guys that, that they're on. So they're getting more opportunity. And they've definitely made the most of, of that opportunity. Um, I don't have the numbers in, in front of me right now, but um, I want to say Darius Darius Williams, I think, has, you know, six picks. Wow. Um, Troy Hill has a few as well. Um, so so they definitely hold their own. Um, and, you know, they might not be as, you know, quote-unquote elite as Jalen Ramsey, but they're certainly, uh, you know, very talented and, and have helped us out a, a lot this season. So I do think, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is probably going to see the toughest defense that he's seen so far this season. I mean, the Rams defense is, is ranked number one. Yep. Um, and, you know, the Packers offense is arguably a number one, number two offense. So it, it's definitely, that's, you know, the, the matchup to watch for. Yeah. I, I am so excited as, as a Bears fan, because I, I don't think the Packers have really, I think the toughest defense they faced this year was the Buccaneers. And that game went very poorly for the Packers. Uh, so I'm hoping facing a team with an even better defense that would get similar results. Of course, Goff being injured is, and just in general, is not on the same level as Tom Brady. Um, so because he's still nursing that thumb, uh, do you expect the game plan to be to just feed Akers? Um, I would hope so. Um, you know, Jared Goff has certainly struggled this season even before he injured his thumb. So now that he isn't 100%, I do suspect that they are going to lean towards um, the run game. 
And, you know, Akers has really broken out this season. He's done really, really well. He's performed really, really well. Um, and I think that he can have a lot of success against the Packers uh, defense. So I think they'll certainly start that way. I think they're going to go run first. And, you know, if we're not able to get much done there, then, you know, Goff is going to be forced to uh, make some throws. But I would hope that they start with that and see how it goes for sure. Yeah, from um... – my experience watching the Bears Packers games this year, it's it would seem that running the ball against them is probably the most effective way uh, to uh, scheme against them because uh, their secondary is good. But it sounds like the Rams might match up for that, so I'm yeah optimistic about that. Yeah, I mean, hey, certainly. I mean, and I've, I to me, this matchup is is the hardest matchup that I think the Rams are, are going to face. And that's what I, I've been saying. I think if the Rams can beat the Packers, then I'm very confident that we'll win the NFC altogether. Um, you know, because we, we beat Tampa Bay quite easily by a lot um, this season. Hmm. And I think that we can beat New Orleans. So we'll see. I mean, the Packers certainly are, are a good team, but I think the Rams are too. And I think that if anybody has a chance to really kind of stump Aaron Rodgers, it could be the Rams. I 100% agree with you, and with that, I want to ask you, as a Bears fan, and for all the listeners who are Bears fans listening to this, should we feel good about the Rams' chances, or is it, would you say it's primarily wishful thinking? I think you should feel good. I think, I don't think that the Rams are going to blow out the Packers. I think that's unrealistic. Um, I don't think the Packers are going to blow out the Rams. I think that's unrealistic. I think it's going to be a close game. I'm sure it's going to give me a ton of anxiety. I expect <laughs> nothing less. Um, but I, I do think that the Rams have a chance. You know, I know that they're the quote-unquote underdogs going into this game. That's fine. Uh, but, but I think that, that the Rams, you know, have a chance as long as they don't get behind by a lot of points early because when that happens, that's usually when the Rams um, uh, struggle. But, you know, I think if they can hold their own to start off the game, then I think that they'll be fine. Awesome. Well, before I let you go and do your score prediction here in a second, I have one final question that's not pertinent to the Bears, but it's pertinent to the Rams and pertinent to another team in the NFC North, and that is the news today that the Lions have hired – oh, it's, his name is blinking, but the Rams uh, college – Brad Holmes. Brad Holmes, Yes. Um, mm-hmm. since I will, since the bears will be facing the lions twice a year with him as their new GM, what can you tell me to expect from the lions and their acquisitions this year and moving forward? You know, I was not super familiar with him. Um, but I've, I've heard nothing but good things about him. I definitely think that he has a lot of, had a lot of, you know, influence with the Rams and, you know, I hear, and I don't know if this is, this is true or not. I mean, I'm, this might be dated as a few hours, but I think that the Lions are very interested in um, Robert Sala from the 49ers. Oh, interesting. And I, I believe that is who he wants. I don't, again, I don't know how true this is. This is just what the rumor is. And, but, but knowing what I've heard, I would look out for that. I would look out for him going, going to Detroit. Um, but other than that, I wish I could say more. <laughs> I really, I really don't don't no, that, know much, unfortunately. That is fine with me. I, I, uh, I, the rumor I had heard was that he might go ahead and take Brandon Staley from along with him. Yes. And mm-hmm. 
I, as a Bears fan, knowing that Staley was once in our organization under Vic Fangio and knowing that he could soon be coaching against us, just it, it made my kind of stomach going nuts with that. So I'm glad that you are saying that you saw Robert Sala because yeah. I'd rather see that than Brandon Staley. Yeah, I mean, it could still be Staley because, yeah. like, like you said, there's that connection there. I was just hearing that, that he did like Robert Sala. I mean, he might like both of them. I don't know. Maybe Staley has some other coaching options he's interested in. Um, but, you know, I, I would say if he does take Brandon Staley, um, that, that the Lions, I have no doubt, will become a defensive, you know, powerhouse within a few years because that's kind yeah. of obviously Staley's uh, uh, MO. But – Yep. We'll see. I mean, I, I hope for you guys that, that, that you don't get Staley. Um, Me too. <laughs> I think Saul is a good coach, but, yeah. you know, we'll see. It's a very, very interesting time for sure. Awesome. Well, uh, before you go, do you kind of have a – I know you said you think it will be a close game either way. Do you kind of have a score prediction for this Packers-Rams game? So what I said on, on my podcast is I think it's going to be 31 to 28 Rams. Oof, I like that. So, yeah, I think it's going to be close. I, you know, I think, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably going to play as good as he, he can play against Jalen Ramsey, but I do think the Rams are going to pull it out. So we'll see. I think it's, I think it's going to be a close game. You know, I don't think that either team is going to win by a blowout by any means. Awesome. Well, uh, Alexis, thank you so much for coming on. Where can everyone find you and your work? So you can uh, find me on Twitter at the Alexis craft. And then uh, my podcast is also on Twitter, which is at downtown Rams. Awesome. Well, I have absolutely nothing to say other than go Rams. I am uh, <laughs> the, as big of a Rams fan this weekend as I can be. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm glad to hear it. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we're celebrating Saturday evening. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Thank you so much, Alexis. Thanks again so much to Alexis for coming on to give us Bears fans uh, at least maybe a shred of hope that we can see at least our nemesis go down this week because at this point we know the Bears are bad and the best thing we have to hope for is the Packers losing. Um, so I, for me, when I kind of reflect on this press conference, it, it's just a, it was a mess and it was a totally mishandling of just information. I feel like this could have been so much better had things been written out and stated better. <laughs> the way they handled everything, the way they said and responded to everything just reeks of like I said something fishy going on there's something the way they said everything just makes you feel like you don't know anything about this team there's not a single piece of truth in what they're saying and I know that's probably not true but that's what it feels like it feel everything they said being so dodgy about every question just saying the same thing over and over and going in circles saying things that are absolutely idiotic or absolutely ironic to what this team actually is just makes makes me feel as a fan just that there's something that we're not being told. And I'm not going to say that an organization needs to disclose all of their secrets to fans. 
that's unacceptable, obviously. Like, they're not unacceptable. It's not, it's uh, unnecessary. They don't need to divulge everything to their fans. But, I mean, come on. It's a little, like, they're so secretive, especially when you compare them to the other teams in Chicago. They're so secretive that it really sticks out like a sore thumb and it just makes them continue to look bad and the sad thing is that the bears have all of chicago's respect because it's been long stated that if there's any team that unites chicago it's the bears because uh, almost everyone cares about football and the you know the socks and the cubs divide the city um some people are more basketball some people are more hockey when it comes to the bulls and the blackhawks but everybody is football and everybody loves the bears and it's so disappointing that this team this symbol of unity on sunday afternoons we are all on our couches or in the stadium when there's not covid just cheering on the bears and it's a it's a beautiful symbol of unity that we need (laughs) And it's just so discouraging to see how little they see that, the leadership. And to see that they would rather stick with the status quo, not change a single darn thing, but just to run it back the same as always, because why the heck not, is just absolutely um, disheartening to my very soul. So with that, um, I, I have nothing else to say. I've left it all out there. If you want to hear any more of my thoughts, if there's anything I missed, like I said, my podcast, Frustration Nation, we had an emergency episode come out the other day covering this same press conference. So please go check that out if you want to hear more of my thoughts on everything. Um, but uh, it's time to go ahead and conclude today's episode. Uh, remember to follow me on Twitter at FuriousGeorge94 for all my game analysis, snarky humor, wild opinions regarding your Chicago Bears. Give me a phone call, 847-580-3528 or at fullpressbears at gmail.com. And it could be included on the show. Thanks again to Alexis Craft for joining me to talk about the Rams and the Packers. Go Rams, beat the Packers. And in the meantime, uh, just hang in there, Bears fans. It's it's going to be okay. We, in the words of Gloria Gaynor, we will survive. Bear down, and I'll see you next time. Boom, baby! Fade to black! The Full Press Bears Podcast. If you don't love the Bears, we don't love you.